Trump did it. I think he finally did something that made me not be able to vote for him this election. I was listening to Cross Politics Show and they were interviewing this kid. And so I, he's 20 years old. I think you, when he's like 15 years younger than you, you can call him a kid. I didn't mean disrespect by that, but he's actually a really intelligent guy. They asked him, is there anything he could do for you not to support Trump? And then like, obviously there's, there's obvious things, pro-life and all that good stuff. And he's like, I've been a faithful supporter. But let me tell you, I, I think Trump's done it for me. I don't know if I can vote for him. He is considering putting a 100% increase on tariffs on EU products which includes scotch. You guys, this is a really big deal. You need to write him. You need to call all the White House and you need to tell him that he cannot increase their tariffs by 100% of scotch. I will be de- devastated. I won't be able to come up with any new content. My shows will start getting sloppy. It's going to not be good. So please do me a solid and write him. No, I'm just totally kidding. But isn't that kind of crazy? I mean, you don't realize how much tariffs affect you until it's a, something that affects you, right? 100% tariffs. I mean, I get the Irish gold butter. That stuff is delicious. That's already something that is a quota product, which is there's only a certain amount they can bring into the United States, which is the worst. You would rather have a tariff than a quota because at least with a tariff, you get tax money. With a quota, you don't get tax money. You just cut off the amount of, amount of butter they can ship. But that butter is fantastic. I'm not even going to lie. You can get it at Costco in like a three-pack. It's pretty expensive, I think, but it's delicious. Welcome to How to Build a Tent. My name is Matt Williams. I am not an alcoholic like I made it sound in the beginning. I just thought that would be kind of funny. And I would be really depressed because I do love me some scotch. Love myself some scotch, cigar, and the fire pit in the back. Man, Florida living is the best. I was just tweeting about this. We had a bald eagle flying by my window. In California, all we get is crows and dumb doves or dumb pigeons. It's the worst. The crows are the worst bird ever. They're actually really smart, but they're really annoying because all they do is crow all day long. It's terrible. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. Go over to fightlaughfeast.com. Put in HGBT in the memo field or the drop down. It's a drop down now. We're getting sophisticated. Go over there. Put in HGBT in the memo field. You will get this mug and you will get tons of other great benefits. But you will also be supporting us, helping us as we proclaim the Lordship of Jesus in every area of life. Seriously, we couldn't do any of this without you guys. So what you see here and what you hear, the shows you hear, the good and the bad, it's because of you. If you never supported us, then you wouldn't hear our bad shows. So it's your fault. But if they're good shows, then it's your fault too. And you can take credit for, you know, the good content that we're able to put out. If you have any questions, comments, you want me to just, you know, stick to business and stop doing these goofy intros, you can let me know. Matt at howtobuildatent.com is the email address. Find me on the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. And if you don't get enough of the corny jokes that I say on this show, well, on Twitter and Facebook, I have some more for you. And so if you haven't followed me yet over there, you can do that. But all seriousness, there was a baby-sized mistake that happened. I'm getting a really good kick. I have an outline of my show and like my headers of the titles of these. I think are so good. And so I'm really going to emphasize them so you guys know, just in case you're wondering like, why is he titling all these segues? It's because I'm really proud of these head 
these titles. A baby-sized mistake. Can you guess what I'm going to talk about? The Yoda misstep. Disney didn't think Yoda would be a big enough hit for the dolls for Hasbro, which is the company that makes their toys, for Hasbro to produce them. And they won't be able to bring out Yoda toys until May of 2020. That's next year. That's after Christmas for those of you who have a hard time with math or calendars. Disney, one of their most popular series ever. I don't know why. They're terrible. The new Star Wars movies are terrible. But they didn't make the baby Yoda dolls. Like Yoda, the main character in all of Star Wars. AD, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know you love that Star Wars. How do you not make dolls for it? Are you insane? Are you crazy? Are you incompetent? But I love this story, not because I love making fun of Disney. In fact, I hope they do really well. I have some options by them. Which brings up a good point. I had someone tweet me and ask me, what is my theory on buying stocks of companies that we don't agree with, that we don't align with, with our Christian values? And I explained my perspective and what I think is right for me is there are companies that I will not own stock in. Disney is one of them. Uh, Netflix, I won't own But I have this caveat that I will purchase options on those calls and or puts, which means I'm betting on the uh, betting on that the stock will either increase or decrease. And I'm not buying stocks. I'm not buying shares of the company because I don't want to have part ownership in a company that doesn't align with my values. But an option doesn't do that. It just gives me the right to buy the stocks or not if I want to, and I can buy and sell the right to buy a set of hundreds of stocks if I want to. So I will buy options on Disney or Netflix, but I'm never going to buy the stock. So that's the question. But the reason, or that answers the question for you, any of you who are wondering about, should you invest in stocks? That's what I do. But even Disney makes a mistake. And I want to encourage you small business owners, you side hustlers, For you guys just maybe in your career that have experienced a mistake that is just getting at you, and maybe you're like me because I'm telling you this because of my experience with it, is that you will get down on yourself, that you will get discouraged, you will feel like giving up, you'll feel like you're not good enough because you made this mistake. But you need to remember, we all make mistakes in business, in life, relationships, We all make mistakes. Even Disney, who doesn't fully anticipate the amount of demand for Baby Yodas where they don't even make the toy for Christmas. They're losing out on millions and millions of dollars. Now, most likely, you have not made a mistake yet that has cost millions and millions of dollars. Disney has. And they're still making a lot of money. Now, it's true that in a small business, the larger percentage likelihood that a mistake is going to impact you than Disney because mistakes, good or not good mistakes, but good things that happen have a significant impact on your small company or on your side hustle and mistakes also have a big impact as well. It can sink your company. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have been doing the company. Let's just say you made a mistake and it caused you or you caused your business to go out of business. 
That doesn't mean you're a terrible entrepreneur. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be self-employed. It just means you made a mistake. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't try again. Because we all make mistakes. And I just want to encourage you, if you are dealing with that, if you're going through that right now, that you should, as best as you can, and I know this is hard, but push aside the negative emotions, assess the situation, analyze it for what you can learn from this mistake, and then take it and apply it to the next thing in life. Maybe it's still the same business. Maybe it's a new business. Maybe it's going into a new career. But we need to have a healthy way to deal with mistakes because we can deal with mistakes in two ways. One, an unhealthy way that will destroy us or destroy our our uh, reputation, destroy our business, or there can be a positive way to deal with mistakes where we grow, where we rebound, where we fall down and get back up and become better, become stronger, we learn more. And we always want to have a way to process mistakes, to process issues and bad news, whatever it is, and be in the latter camp, not the former camp. We don't want to take bad news. We don't want to take mistakes. We don't want to take setbacks and cause them to be a destructive force in our lives. We want to harness that and use it to improve our lives, to make us better, to make us more intelligent, to give us experience. So don't be surprised when you make mistakes. Don't don't be surprised when this stuff happens to you and don't be discouraged. Pick yourself back up, learn from it, and move on. We all make mistakes. That doesn't mean that you're not called to be an entrepreneur or called to do something as a side hustle, especially when you're trying something new, when you are growing, when you are taking a risk, when you're doing something you've never done before. The chances are you're going to make more mistakes than somebody who has experience in what you're doing. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be trying it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be taking those risks. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. Part of being successful is learning how to deal with the mistakes. The next fancy title I came up with, no one is safe. No one is safe. Is that eerie? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to name the title of the show that because I think I'll get more views just by that. Like, what do you mean? No one's safe. And then they're going to click on and they're going to listen. They're going to get to this. And they're like, oh, oh, that's no big deal. No, I'm just kidding. Lyft has launched a car rental company. Yeah, see, that's not that scary. <laughs> Lyft has launched a car rental company. It starts at $35 a day. It's app-based. And it will give you a free Lyft ride from where you are to the rental place. And then from the rental place when you drop the car off, back to wherever you need to be dropped off for free. And they will refill your gas for free. There's no charge. Normally, when you rent a car, and I do it a lot for business, you get to the place, you take a shuttle if it's LAX. The shuttle in LAX is the worst. LAX is one of the worst airports in the world. Never mind, I'm just, that's a side trip. I'm not gonna get on a tangent. You get on the bus, You take. it takes five minutes to just pick everybody up in the terminal and then maybe even more. And then you go on a five to 10 minute ride to the rental car place, pick it up. And then they ask you the question. And I don't know if you've caught on to this little trick that they do to you. Would you like to prepay for gas? It's cheaper than the average rate. And what you're doing is prepaying for a full tank of gas for when you return. Now, 
most people do not show up to return their car when they pay for that full tank of gas in advance at the cheaper rate than what markets are around them. They have a big sign on it. Most people don't return the car on empty. That is, they don't use all the gas they pay for. Most people return probably if they pay for the prepaid gas, they probably, you know, return it with like a quarter tank of gas, maybe a little less. Maybe the light just came on. There's a couple more gallons. Well, you're paying for gas that you're not using in advance, even though it's at a little cheaper rate per gallon. And that's the little con there for so next time. Don't prepay. Just fill up the tank before or try Lyft's company where they will just refill your gas tank with no extra fees where they will just charge you for whatever the amount was to pay for the gas. And I titled this, No One is Safe, because I'm pretty sure none of these rental car companies were anticipating the ride-sharing apps, Lyft and Uber, to get into their space. They thought, probably, that it was just for the taxis that they were going to eat in margins from this kind of ancillary position that was going to maybe take some business. You Maybe you didn't need to rent a car as much because you had these services, but they weren't going to get into our industry and disrupt. And that is why I titled it No One Is Safe, that no matter what industry you're in, you have to have the mindset that you are not safe from tech, that you are not safe from these companies that are technology-based, that are looking to grow revenue, grow margins, look for different channels, looking for anything they can do to get their product to fit, to get it to solve a problem. It doesn't matter the industry they're in. Look at Amazon. We've talked about it many times before. They're in healthcare now. They started out as an online bookstore, and they're in healthcare now. And in fact, they're a logistics company for companies like Target, a online bookstore. No one is safe. And if you are wise and you are in charge of your own company, maybe a division of a bigger company, it would behoove you to have that mindset that no one is safe and be looking for the possibilities before they happen. You could, could see it. You could figure out this model from Lyft or Uber. It makes sense. It makes sense for them to do this. You could have anticipated it. Maybe some of them did, but they didn't do anything about it. I didn't see them do anything about it. Have you? I'd love to hear from you if you did, if you did hear from them about it. Next title. Are you sure you know what your company is? Are you sure you know, or maybe I should say it this way. I didn't really work on this last one. It was the first two ones I was kind of proud of. Are you sure you know what industry your company is in? This is very fascinating. I was watching the overviews of Delta, they're reporting out. And when you think of Delta, you know, Delta Airlines, that's like, you don't even really say Delta. You might, you might be thinking of a statistical term. Delta Airlines. Are they really an airline though? Check this out. Well, before that, I pulled this statistic out from just uh, so the, the overview they're doing. The average plane had, went from 97 seats to 120 seats on average. 
You know where they get that room from? Your leg room. Your leg space. They went and increased on average 30 seats per plane. That's insane. You should always, always get first class if you can afford it. If it's in your budget. I'm just saying. It's well worth it. And a lot of times, you can wait till the end to check in. And then they'll ask you, hey, would you like to upgrade for 300 bucks? If it's a long flight, it is well worth it. I'm telling you, it is well worth it. I'm not going to do you wrong. If you haven't done it yet, it is well worth it. My computer just freaking died. Stupid screensaver. Oh, no, it's up. It's up and back running. Okay, so here's the statistics. And the question is, is Delta Airlines really an airlines company? 8% of all AMAX spending, American Express, the credit card, 8% of all of American Express spending in 2018 was from Delta. Delta was responsible for almost a tenth of all the charges on American Express. Delta earned $4 billion this year off their credit card company or their credit card, um, you know, selling their credit cards. You can sign up now and get 50,000 miles or whatever. I even saw Delta, which I love Delta, by the way. Delta is a great airline. Delta has somebody in the terminal selling credit cards. I've never seen that before. I just switched over to Delta from other airlines. Just now that I'm in Florida on the East Coast, it just makes more sense. And I really like them and they've given me great customer service. Highly recommend Delta, especially United folks. If you're on United, what's wrong with you people? They have the, like, the rudest flight attendants in the world. But here's another statistic. 35% of the profits come from their credit card. So I ask you, is Delta an airline? Or is it a credit card company? And this is a question I think we need to ask too. Is Not only do we need to have the mindset in our companies or in our divisions of, we are not safe, but we need to be constantly realizing or thinking about what is our company today and what will it be tomorrow? Technology can change that in a moment. Remember, Amazon once was an online bookstore. They're not that anymore. And I think the, the healthiest way to analyze this is to understand where our profits come from. And I think technology companies have a great advantage in this in a lot of ways that they don't see themselves as actually the service or the product that they're selling necessarily, but more of the technology around it, the delivery, the digital delivery of a product, the digital delivery of a service. And they don't see themselves tied to this one product or this one service. And that makes them agile and that makes them easy, make them more flexible to pivot. And so they can take advantage of changing environments to changing technologies, new innovation, and make an easier pivot because they don't have to change their identity at the same time. Their identity is already in something that is flexible and bendable. And the more you can see that about yourself, about your company, about your the team you're leading in the divisions and in your company, the more you can see yourself as that, the better off you're going to be. Delta is starting to see that they make far more money off their credit cards than selling plane tickets. Yeah, they're an airline, obviously, they have planes, but they're using their planes to sell airline and the credit cards. They're using their terminals to sell credit cards. 
because 35% of their profit is from credit cards. And in the airline industry, it's a really big deal to make a profit because most of them have a really hard time making profits. I remember for a long time, Southwest was the only airline to make a profit in the last like 15, 20 years. They were like a huge case study we did in business school. It is really important to know what your company is. And you can tell by where your profits come from. If you don't have profits, that's a whole different story. All right, how much time do we got? We got about 20 minutes. All right, I'm just going to close with this. I shared this on my Facebook. If you haven't followed the How to Build a Tent page on Facebook, you should do that. I share things from time to time that I want to talk about. Or if I run out of time like this, that I don't really have that much time to talk about. But In-N-Out Burger, a huge burger place in California. They're like legendary. I'm sure you've heard of them, even if you've never been to California. Is matched a three-to-one donation to fight human trafficking. They set up a charity themselves to help fight human trafficking. And I think it also is with drug addiction as well. And I bring that up because there's been a lot of depressing news. Well, not really depressing, but negative news from Chick-fil-A. And it seems like they're going downhill. That after their founder died, son took over. It's taking them away from Christian values, supporting things that are the antithesis to Christian values you know, doctrine, orthodoxy, and whatnot. But the story with In-N-Out, and we've talked about it before, it seems like it's going the opposite direction, that they're becoming more Christ-like. They're becoming more helpful. They're becoming more of a blessing to the world. They are becoming more Christ-like. And so that's just a counter story to the Chick-fil-A narrative in my mind. And I wanted to encourage that with you because we could highlight the big stories, the ones where things are going wrong, and you get the most clicks when you talk about the negative things. But there's good stuff going on too, and God is still working in companies and especially people. So we can leave encouraged. Now let's go out and do the same. Let's do things that can encourage people. Let's have success where we can exemplify Christ, that we can proclaim the good news, that we can proclaim that he is Lord and encourage one another. Let's go out and be successful. We'll talk to you.